Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for <clears throat> Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. I'm Mike Kachapoli. All right, last show of August. This is it. August is over. We're going to be heading into September. Labor Day weekend is upon us, coming up here this weekend. And uh, you know what that all means? Well, to those of us in California, it means stifling heat. The heat wave that's coming right now that basically just started in California is, in, is incredibly intense. We're talking about, you know, 110, 115 degrees. And of course, you know, I talked about this yesterday, but we have a governor who wants to, in a legislature, a nutty Democrat-run legislature wants to go to all electric vehicles by 2035. Meanwhile, as this heat wave, which is supposed to be about five days, it's about a five-day event, is what the National Weather Service says right now. Um, they want, they're already putting out all these emergency, 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 more money to get more power. We need more power. Don't run your air conditioning below 97. Don't put the AC on. Use a fan instead. Sweat, sweat. Make your ball sweat. It's fine. You'll be, take one for the team. And so this is what they're doing. This state can't handle a five-day heat wave because of the electricity. And they warn of blackouts and brownouts if people don't conserve over the Labor Day weekend. So they have to conserve energy for five days. Yet these same people want all electric vehicles by 2035. And like I said yesterday, these same people think it's going to get hotter every year, right? So how in the world is it? Look, the answer is this. They, the state's not going to be able to deal with electric vehicles. The, the electric grid is not going to be able to handle it. And what will happen in California is as we get more and more electric vehicles, as the years go on, you'll see more blackouts and more brownouts. And, of course, they won't blame that. They won't blame the electric vehicles. They won't blame the policy forcing people. Once again, Democrats love control. They want to force you to do things. They don't say things like, you know, if you can afford to get an electric vehicle, we recommend it. Right? If you can afford to get an electric vehicle, most people can't because the average price is the average price going to go down. Right now, it's like about 70, 75 grand. I think maybe 60 for a cheap one. And then you got to power it all the time. So what, what, is, what is the, how do they expect most people in California to be able to afford an electric vehicle anytime between now and 2035? How many people can't afford? So people won't be able to have a car in California where the public transportation, no matter how much they like to jerk off to it in San Francisco, as though it's the best thing ever. And their shitty red line in, in LA, the, the public transportation in California sucks. It sucks. It's horrible, okay? And these are the same people, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The same people, the ones who said, we're getting light speed for the, for the, for the, for the um, ecosystem. We're going to have light speed rail from LA to Vegas, from LA to San Francisco. Never happened. Never fucking happened. And these are the same people you trust to say, oh, no, we're, we're going to be able to go all electric vehicles by 2035. It'll go swimmingly. People will be able to afford it. It won't have any kind of a um, strain on the electric grid. These people are just morons. They're just morons. They like to say things that sound good, right? It sounds great, doesn't it? No gas. I'd rather have no, I want 
I, I like I like my stomach to have no gas too. Believe me, but it does. But no gas, all electricity, no gas. Green, good for the environment. Fantastic, feels great, sounds great, makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. But then, as everything with Democrats, you have to get into the details. And once you get into any of the details, it's shit. It's total shit. It's going to hurt more people than it helps. Just like lockdowns, just like mandates of all kind. But once again, this is the this is what bothers me the most about Democrats. Not that they have shitty ideas. Not that they have shitty woke ideas that don't work, but they force them down your throat in an authoritarian, fascist, pop way. Once again, if they just said, anyone, we advise anyone between now and the next decade who can afford to an electric vehicle, get rid of your gas vehicle, get an electric vehicle. I'd say, all right. All right. But when they say you must to live in this state, well, what happens to people come from other states? I guess it doesn't matter, right? Visitors and stuff who drive in. But when you say you must do something, that's when it bugs me. Okay? That's when it bugs me. And just like with COVID policies, that's when people start rebelling. When you try to force things down. You're better off, in other words, you're going to force it down. Try to force it down, and a fewer percentage of people will do it. More will just leave, and you lose more congressional districts than you already lost. But if you just said, and this is basic like psychology 100, if you just said to adults, you have the choice, but we really recommend this, you probably get more people doing it. You probably get more people complying than by saying you must do this. And that's when people, when you say you must do this, people say, up your ass. We're either going to leave or we're not going to do it. Same thing with COVID. Same stuff. Same idea, same people, right? Same people, same ideas, same concept. Basically is what it comes down to. So that's the problem. And we're getting very hot here. It's very hot now. It's going to be a very hot weekend. And Gavin Newsom comes out and says, oh, don't, uh, we, we ask you to not believe me. He would, if he could, he, he'd force you. You know Gavin Newsom, he gets erect when he thinks about forcing people to do things. He gets sexually turned on when he thinks about forcing people to do things his way. If he could, he'd make sure. He'd come to your house and lock your thermostat so you couldn't do it, put it below 78. But he knows you can't do that. So he's just saying, please don't uh, don't set your thermostat below 78. I thought it was a great comment on Twitter. Doesn't it? Gavin Newsom realize that hair gel melts at that temperature? I guess, you know, but it wouldn't matter if guess he, just like with all the other mandates and policies Democrats want to force down your throat, they won't abide by them. The wealthiest won't abide by them. Gavin Newsom's not going to set his thermostat below 78. Are you crazy? Stop it. Let's have the, you know what we should do? I think the FBI this weekend should, should go into, should raid Gavin Newsom's house, houses in California, his places of residence in California, and see if his thermostat is set below 78. And he should be arrested if his number status set below. I'd rather have I'd rather have the FBI raid Gavin Newsom's house, houses, places of residence in California, and arrest him if the temperature is below seventy eight. Then if then if Donald Trump had the top nuclear secrets and the codes at his bedside in Mar-a-Lago, you know why? Because Donald Trump isn't trying to force his way down everyone else's throat while he doesn't do it that way. 
do as I say, not as I do, blah, 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 that the Democrats have been doing forever. So when Gavin Newsom comes out and says, I want you to not set your thermostat below 78, I want to make sure his thermostat isn't set below 78. In fact, as the governor, he should use, as the, the, being the example maker, he should set his thermostat at 90. That's what he should do. Or just put 12 fans around him. Look, Gavin Newsom's hair gel, is, his hair doesn't move. He can have 15 fans blowing around him and they, their hair won't move at all. The hair's not going to move. So, so what? He should have 15 fans, no air conditioning, and he'll be just fine. But we know he's lying. We know he's lying. And you know he'll go to restaurants where the thermostats aren't set below 78. You know, he'll do that kind of thing. While all the other stupid asshole business owners do it. Like they compl- like these asshole business owners in California complied with the COVID stuff. They'll comply with this and they'll put their thermostats in 78. All the people that come in that have to spend $130 fucking dollars for a meal, $80 for pasta in California, in San Francisco, LA, will have to sweat to death because these schmucks are going to say, well, Gavin Newsom said that we said that they had Fucking morons. Let their businesses die. I don't care anymore. Yes, I'm not in a good mood. I'm not in a good mood. Maybe you couldn't tell. Maybe you can tell. I'm not in a good mood today. And there's more to talk about that's going to get me upset. The heat is getting me upset. I don't like the heat. I don't like heat. Um, but uh, what else is getting me upset is the fact that we're just about two months, two months and a week out from a major election. I'm going to say that I'm going to use the cliche they like to use, the most important election of our lives. They don't they say that about every election. Every election is the most important election of our lives. That's becoming crazy now, I think. That's becoming like the hysterical, you know, if we don't fix climate change, the world's not going to be here in two months. You know, if we don't all wear masks, we're all going to die. You know, it's, it's getting to that point now where this is the most important. It is not the most important election. It's important. Every election is important. I think almost every election is kind of equally important. I think the midterms are equal, and then the presidential elections are actually more important, but they're also kind of equal, right, to each other. So let's not go too crazy. But it's a big election, and we're about, you know, nine weeks out from it. And we've got John Fetterman, who can't put two sentences together and won't debate Dr. Oz. In Pennsylvania, in basically a purple state, right, it's, 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 it leans blue, right, but usually like between one to three points in a presidential election. So it's very tight, right? So, and he won't debate Oz, and his excuse is that he had a stroke. Well, he did have a stroke. It's not fake. It's not fake news. He did have a stroke. And if you watch him at his rallies, you can tell he had a stroke. He doesn't talk the way he spoke before the stroke. Okay, it's like Biden doesn't speak the way he spoke 15 years ago. He, it's different. And this now Fetterman is not speaking right because he had a stroke. And Oz is saying he should debate. And he's saying, look, if he can't speak, he shouldn't run for, for Senate. And now, of course, Fetterman's putting out ads saying, oh, doctor, what kind of a doctor makes fun of a stroke patient? What kind of a, well, he's not making fun of you, you fat fuck. I am. He's not. He's saying that if you can't, if, you, if, you're, if your brain is damaged, you shouldn't run for U.S. Senator, one of 100 seats in the country. Okay? That's what he's saying. And I agree with him. Let's do the shoe on the, uh, let's do the shoe on, oh, I like to play this game. Let's do the shoe on Trump's foot. Okay? Say this was Donald Trump. And he's running for president in 2024. And he has a stroke. I don't want to have a stroke, God forbid. But, but let's say something bad happened. And all of a sudden he says, I can't debate. I'm not debating. What the fuck would the Democrats say? You think Democrats would say, oh, he's, he's not feeling well. It's okay. Don't worry. No, they would say he shouldn't run for president. They were saying if the guy isn't mentally, physically fit enough, 
to debate, he shouldn't be running for president of the United States. And you know what? I would have to tell Democrats, you're right. Trump should step aside. Let DeSantis run. <laughs> Trump should step aside. Step aside. Let Christy Nome run. But it's not, it doesn't work that way in Democrat land. It's all one way to them. When they have strokes, they don't have to debate and they can run for office. It's fine. That's fine. But it's not fine. Okay, this guy's not running for like, uh, he's not running for like uh, uh, Bart advisor. He's not running for Bart board. He's not running for school board. He's not running for a transit board. He's running for U.S. Senator, one of two from this great state of Pennsylvania. And he cannot put sentences together. He's, it's, it's sad to watch him in these rallies because he makes zero sense. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. It's not like he's 90 like Biden. He's a young, pretty young guy. Not in the best of health, obviously. But he can't do it. He had a stroke. So when he had that stroke, he should have stepped aside. When he had the, when the stroke happened, there was plenty of time. He should have stepped aside and someone other Democrat should have run. That's what should have happened. But now we're in a position where there's no way anyone should vote for this guy. If you can't debate, you can't govern. Okay, if you can't debate, you can't run for office. All right. In fact, that should be a law. Of all the laws they like to shove down our throats, I think people should have to have a certain amount of debates when they're running for any kind of political office. It should be law. If you don't have them, you can't run. If you don't have them, you drop out. That's the way it should be. There's no reason in this country in 2022, with the technology we have, when you can reach so many people so quickly, that a candidate should say, I'm simply not going to debate whether it's because they had a stroke or because they're 30 points up in the polls or they're an 85-term incumbent, I don't care. I don't care. They should have to debate. And if you can't have a certain amount of debates, but the number is 3, 5, 80, whatever the people agree to, whatever the law agrees to, it has to be a federal law. It has to be. I have no patience for candidates that won't debate. Zero patience. And if you go back to the founding fathers, obviously it's not in the Constitution that you have to debate, but those people constantly debated. Everything was a debate. Everywhere they went, there was a debate. Obviously, it wasn't televised. It wasn't on Twitter. It wasn't on, uh, you know, uh, Amazon. But they had debates. Everywhere they went, there was a debate. They were constantly debating. So that's, what they, that's the way they wanted it, all right? The founding fathers wanted our candidates to have to debate the issues in front of the people. So people can decide for themselves what these candidates are saying and what these candidates believe. So I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of John Fetterman. I've made fun of his weight. I made fun of the way he looks. I think he looks like a, a monster out of a movie. But I'm not making fun of the fact he had a stroke. I'm just saying he had the stroke. It's real. It happened. It's obvious. And if he can't debate in the way he sounds when he does rallies, he shouldn't be able to run for one of the highest offices in the land. He just shouldn't. And since he's not going to drop out, you should vote for Dr. Oz. You have to vote for that. I mean, look at the difference between the two. Now, physically, mentally, everything. You have to vote for Dr. Oz. Because you don't know how long this is going to Remember, this is a six-year term. This is a longer term than president. So you know how long this is going to last. You know if it's going to get worse. You know if he's going to have another one uh, eight months into his term or six months into his term. It's a six-year fucking term. So you're giving a guy six years, not knowing if he can last six months. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. And if you want to call in, if you want to talk, if you want to write to me and tell me that I'm wrong, go ahead. But I, I, I'm right. And once again, this is not making fun of Fetterman. And Oz, when I've seen him on TV, he's never made fun of him. 
he has simply said he has a stroke and he can't he has he's having trouble communicating and he doesn't want to debate and that's a problem he shouldn't be running and he's right he should not be running I like those like you ever see those memes now that we have where it says prove me wrong they'll have some kind of an issue it'll in the they keep on changing it it's a guy sitting at a table and he says something like you know uh, you know uh, could be anything right it could be you know Joe Biden is a um, is a satanic prove me wrong it could be you know Donald Trump is uh you know the best the worst president ever prove me wrong it could be so prove me wrong prove me wrong that a guy like John Fetterman should be able to run for senator when he can't debate it's obvious but this is the whole idea behind the cult of a party right it's the cult of a party it's the cult of democrat this is the cult of democrat where the guy's a democrat and democrats are going to vote for him regardless it doesn't matter it does, the, the guy could be dribbling he could be sitting in a chair dribbling and you know when they ask him a question he could be like blinking his eye and the democrats would vote for him because it's a cult. These people can't even, they can't in any situation say, you know what, we're going to vote for the other person, even though they're Republican this time around. Just this time around, we can't do it. This once. They can't do it because it's a cult. This two-party system is a cult. It's a fucking cult. Is what it is. It's not teams. It's not politics. It's cult. It's cults. It's cult. And the Democrats took on the cult of mask and the cult of vaccine, and that's become a cult. Vaccines and mask have become cults. They are now cults you are part of. And everyone who's not in the cultures doesn't seem to understand you. Doesn't seem to get it, right? People outside the cultures don't they don't seem to get it. They are, they, they, don't, they don't they don't seem to comprehend what the rest of us comprehend. That masks save lives and vaccines stop the spread and so on and so forth. Can't they just see it? <clears throat> Can't they just tell? Feels good, doesn't it? Feels good to say that. It feels good to say. Democrats love feel good. They love feel good. It feels good to say you put a mask on, the virus goes away. You stay at home, the virus disappears. You take a vaccine, you can no longer ever get the virus or spread the virus, right? That all sounds great. Oh, fantastic. Give me a sugar cube and make it go away. But there's no reality to it. Once you get into the facts, the feel good goes away and it starts to feel pretty fucking bad. It starts to feel pretty fucking bad, people, because there's no fact or reality behind that good feeling, that good hope, those good wishes. Everyone wishes that if a virus hits, you stay inside for two weeks and you come out and the virus is gone from society. That's not a bad deal. That's why many people, including myself, the first two weeks a month, all right, fine. I won't go to the gym. I'll walk up the hill. And the virus is going to go away in a month, right? Great deal. Not the way it worked. Not the way it works. Not the way it works. And those of us who are not in the cult of COVID realized it wasn't working. It wasn't working. Now, I was suspicious of that from the beginning. Many of us were. But I'm not like a, I'm not a scumbag. I'll give something a couple of weeks or a month. All right. Uh, I like trying new things. I'll give everything a chance. So except not the vaccines, of course, for many reasons. But 
I said, I'll give it a chance. But those of us with brains who weren't in a cult, who never got indoctrinated into a cult, were able to say, this is not working. In fact, it looks like it's hurting. Yeah, we can change this now. No, can't change it. Got to keep it going. Got to double, triple down, quadruple down. No, no, no. This is the way we want it. And this is the way we set it up from the beginning. And it's never going to change. And that's a cult. That is a cult. It's we all believe in this one thing. We all got together believing in this one thing. And we're going to die believing this one thing. Even if it's not true. We're going to believe we can actually live together on an island uh, all having sex with each other. Men, women, kids, we believe that's going to work. So we're going to do it. That's called a cult. We're going to shack up in a house in Waco. And when the government comes, we're going to fight them. That That's a cult. All right, this is all we're going to go get, we're going to dress up in jogging pants, go into bunk beds and end up shooting up into space. That's a cult. This is all cult stuff. There's no reality behind it. All right. <laughs> it's not it's not realistic. It doesn't work this way. And so that's the cult of COVID. And it's the cult of Democrat. You see a guy just had a stroke, can't put two sentences together. Literally, I'm not joking anymore. Okay. Biden can actually put two sentences together. This guy can't. Have you seen his videos? I don't want to play them. I think they're embarrassing and and, and tough to listen to. But I could. I have the receipts. And yet he's a Democrat. That's it. No, Oz is bad. And this is this continues on through a lot of facts about this particular race that the Democrats are actually trying to say that something's wrong with Dr. Oz because he actually like was successful in life. He became a doctor, a very successful doctor. Then he became a successful television. So he tried two very difficult things. Doctor, TV personality, things that most people will not be able to do either of them, let alone both of them at the top of his game. So he was a very successful doctor. Then he became a very successful TV personality. Even that guy, Ken Jong, whatever his name is, was not a successful doctor. He was a doctor. He didn't like doing it. He wanted to be a comedian and he became a very successful comedian. But Dr. Oz was a successful doctor and a successful, partially thanks to Oprah, a Democrat, a successful television person. And the Democrats are actually trying to say that's a bad thing. See, the Democrats hate the idea of America. They hate the idea of being able to make something of yourself. If you make something of yourself, you must be evil. Now, I think there are people who have made something of themselves who are evil people, but it's just a blanket thing where, oh my God, Dr. Ross is a horrible guy because look at all the success he's had. Look at all the success. He looks good. He sounds good. He dresses well. Good looking guy. Good shape. Great doctor. Great TV personality. Successful. Oh God, he's a horrible guy. How could you vote for that? No, vote for the guy who lived with his mother or father or both till he was 49 or lived off his parents' money in their basement till he was 50, my age. I wish I could have done that. I was forced out of my house at 20. I wonder what an extra 30 years would have put in my bank account of living off parents and having to make my own money and spend my own money. I can only imagine if, how, how, how sad I'd be now. I would have to do this dumb podcast if I was living off my parents for the last 50 years. So, and this is, what we, but this is positive. This is the American way. No, this guy's great. Oh, this guy's great. This guy lived off his parents until he was 50. What a winner. What a winner. We live in a very – and look at this. Look at the two of them physically. 
This is America. The, the fat fucking guy is the lo- winner, and the guy in great shape is the loser. What kind of a backwards world do we live in? How, how could you... It's, it's insane. It really is. But the bottom line is the guy can't put two sentences together, and he can't debate, and so he should not be the next senator from the state of Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz should be. And believe me, I'm not like an Oz lover. Like I grew up loving Oz. It's like I was—I never—I think I watched the show once, all the years it was on, once or twice, just by happenstance. But come on, facts are facts, people. I mean, facts are facts. You compare the two people, and there's really no comparison to be made. There's really no comparison, and there's something to be said. And I always believe this, especially during the COVID years. Is it something to be said about what a guy? What does it say about a guy when he's like gluttonous versus a guy who takes care of himself? What does it say about that person? You know, what does it say about that person? You know, I'm not a very clean person. I'm not, not, not physically, but like my room's a mess. I have messy. I've always had messy. I need people to clean. I need like cleaning people. I don't like that about myself. I like to be able to be cleaner. I'm kind of a hoarder. I, I don't, and just that little thing about me, I don't like. So what does it say about a guy who just lets himself go totally like that? Lives with his parents till 50, 300. He looks like a, he dresses up in these ridiculous jogging suits. He doesn't dress up in those jogging suits. Well, in a way, he's trying to pretend to be a regular guy. You know, one of the people that goes way over the top with that. But I think he does it because those are the things that fit him. He wouldn't look very good in a tight suit. There's something said about people like that. Should that guy be a senator of the United States, in the United States of America? comparatively speaking, to the guy running against him, who just seems to have it a lot more together. Let's leave it at that. Daniel, what's up tonight? Hey, Mike. Hold on, Daniel. Hold on, Daniel. Go ahead. Speak now. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Do you know what a fetter is? A fetter? Yeah. I know what a fetter man is, but what's a fetter? A fetter is the chain and manacle that is used to restrain prisoners. Is that right? Yes. So it all makes sense now, right? Wow. Is that really true? Is that yes, what fetter- yes, that's true. Wow. So he's yeah. a man of he's a man of fetter. <laughs> maybe 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 a long line of prisoners or, or criminals or whatever um, hasn't hasn't um, fallen too far from that tree. Um, I don't think uh, if if Fetterman was to get elected, I think a lot of people would just be throwing away their votes because that really I think he's in uh, worse shape than Biden is. Actually, Biden is not going to cognitively make it. Fetterman is probably not going to physically make it. Um, his medical history is the reason that he had the stroke was that he had uh, atrial fibrillation, which with, with the upper chambers of your heart. Um, uh, Go, they 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 pulse they pulse and wiggle around like a bag of bag of worms, uh, rather than uh, do doing a coordinated pulse to to move uh, blood from the atrium to the ventricles, which then pump it out to the rest of your body. And um, the reason that he had atrial fibrillation is because he had a cardiomyopathy. Um, what that cardiomyopathy was due to, um, there's not, there isn't much you can find online about that in this particular case, often caused by viruses. Um, anyway, he had a congestive heart failure, 
uh, at least once. Um, I don't know if he's a smoker, but the most common reason they're having congestive heart failure in this country is secondary to what we call pulmonary hypertension, which is usually due to people that have in people that have COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease due to smoking. Um, I don't know if he's a smoker or not. He's obviously um, in really, really bad shape and he simply doesn't take care of himself. Um, person that, that had AFib and a stroke, which and since it was a stroke did AFib, that means it was an, what we call an embolic stroke rather than a hemorrhagic right. stroke. So rather than having to bleed, he had a blockage of an artery. And that's because his atria weren't working right. And when that happens, um, you get clotting. Uh, your blood needs to keep moving in order to prevent clotting. And so he gets clotting. The clot gets thrown to his brain. He has a stroke. Okay. It's very likely that that's going to happen again to this fellow because he's not taking care of himself. And um, what's more, even independent of having a stroke, his heart is in really bad shape. Why are you making fun of him? Could you repeat that? I said, but why are you making fun of him? You're making fun of him, Daniel. No, by no. Facts, by stating these facts, you're making fun of the man. You should just pretend these facts don't exist. Don't you see? Yeah, well, I, I was making fun of him earlier with the uh, the Fetterman joke, but uh, when it comes to his health, that's no joke for for him or for the rest or for Pennsylvania. Um, and let me ask you: I know you're not a medical doctor. I want to make sure everyone knows that we don't want to get sued. But uh, you know, but in your opinion, I mean, isn't it bad? Isn't it bad for him to take this job at this point in his life? The guy really needs to get his 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 um, own house in order, and that starts with his body and. He's. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm not over. I'm not overstating. There's this concern for this man. He is not likely to to make it much longer. He's not likely to live much longer, given the state state. Um, given his his history, um, and given his present physical state, he's just not going to. Yeah, and then there's also the stress of being a senator. I understand that you know, Willie Hyde paid for the highest paid job he's ever had, probably, although he was lieutenant governor. Don't know, how, don't know how much you, I'm sure he didn't make as much. But also all the travel. He's going to have to go back and forth between Pennsylvania and D.C. I know it's not far, but he's going to have to do all this travel back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. How good is that for someone in bad, in bad condition, physical condition? Yeah. Can't be he'll easy. Be, he'll be doing his part like a, a good illiberal to uh, increase uh, carbon uh, in our atmosphere, which seems to be um, what all my old liberal friends like to do, um, far far more so than I do. Right. Um, as you were talking about earlier, um, you're, t- you're talking about um, electric cars, etc. You know, I've just got so many friends that they'll go on and on about their electric cars that they, they, they purchased. These are people whose incomes are approximately the same as mine, and they fly literally, literally their average um, flying miles are a hundred times mine, <laughs> literally a hundred times how much I flat fly um, and I, on average per year. And and then they have, you know, they have the nerve to talk to me about the carbon footprints. And, you know, they live in homes that are far bigger than mine. They own more cars. Um, they drive everywhere, whereas I walk everywhere. Um, and they have the nerve to, to, to lecture me about global warming, which I agree with them on. But they have the nerve to lecture me about it. And I'm just all, I, the first thing I think is just shut up into your, for, into your carbon footprint is just somewhere in, in the ballpark of mine. 
Well, and, uh, uh, you know, they're just look at John Kerry, all of them, celebrities. They talk, you know, Harrison, we saw Harrison Ford doing this video, of, you know, acting, say, oh, my God, this is climate change. And yet they, none of them practice what they preach. They all take these private jets, you know, have these, you know, cars that guzzle gas. Come on, they're all phonies. They're all There's phonies. only, yeah, there's only one way um, the uh, CO2 problem gets solved, the atmospheric CO2 problem gets solved. And that is if we all start making personal choices to do so. Um, right. Electric electric cars may make a dent, but it's going to be a relatively small dent, and the, and the dent would come mostly just because because the because um, electrical energy is is going to have to be stored. We would have choices that we could then make um, about which which energy to use, to use when, and that and that could be helpful. Um, but it's you know. <laughs> I just can't imagine it making more than than a ten percent difference uh, when when going to electric vehicles. It's going to be it's going to be a long time before, and and, and who knows how effective it is going to be. Is but it's going to be a long time before we have a uh, enough uh, uh, solar capabilities and enough storage. <laughs> That's one thing a lot of people forget when they talk about solar is you got to store the energy. Because nighttime comes, and <laughs> there goes your energy source. And so the energy has to be stored. This means a huge infrastructure uh, investment for storing energy. We just don't have that. Um, this, so there's just a lot of people out there that just, they're willing to talk, 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 but they won't walk the walk. Um, I'm, I'm literally walking the walk. I'm not walking right now, matter of fact, walk to the grocery store. Um, and it just, it's really disheartening. It's really disheartening to hear this because it's basically saying, I'm going to use this as a, I'm going to use the climate uh, problem as a bludgeon against my political opponents. And I intend to do nothing about this problem, even though I think it's a real problem. That's what they're telling you. Right. It is, it is a real problem. And, uh, I think another issue, by the way, that I th- and I'd like to know your idea about this, is this idea of we're going to, as I mentioned earlier, we're forcing you to do something, right? It's not it's like we think you should do this. We advise you to do this. We'd like to see you do this. It would be nice if you did this. It is you must do this if you want to have a car in this state. My biggest problem with it, that's my biggest issue, is, 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 is the... Forcing it on people. Do you agree with that? Hello? Daniel, are you there? Oh, I think we lost Daniel. Let me see if I can... No? Did we lose Daniel? I think we did. Okay. Well, we lost Daniel there. Um, maybe we can try to get him back. But that's the idea of, you know, forcing it on people. Is, is the biggest is the biggest issue is my biggest issue with this is just constantly forcing these things on people so you're saying you know it'd be nice if you did this you know it, it would be nice if you you got the electric vehicles we think it's a good idea but once again when you start forcing it on people that's that's the problem but that's all Democrats know all they know is forcing things on people mandates, these authoritarian mandates and dictates, and then they scream, as Biden, I think, is going to scream when he talks to the people 
um, of, of our freedoms being taken away. The Republicans are taking our freedoms away. The Republicans are taking our, our freedoms away from us, you know. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's probably... Uh, Dan, are you back? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, I don't know if that was your end or my end. I, I think you're back now, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, that's my idea of this idea of them forcing it on everybody. That's what bothers me more than anything else. They're forcing it on people, you know? Well, yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to force it on people. But the problem is that they, um, you know, the best way to teach people to, to, to do things that you think are a benefit to themselves and their communities and their world is to demonstrate. It's that's do it yourself. Show them. Well, Absolutely. Absolutely. But but we also live in, in, in a world, like I said, where we, well, at least the Democrats do, the left likes to denounce success like Dr. Oz. I mean, Dr. Oz, whether you like him, whether you want to vote for him or not, to, to say he's not successful and it's not a good thing that he's successful, it's just not being honest. It's not being intellectually honest. Yeah, that's really bizarre behavior, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I worked my ass off. Um, coming from a relatively um, poor background. Um, my father was a veterinarian, but he quit his veterinary practice before my parents um, got a divorce. And, and that sent our family into an economic tailspin for about 10 years, during which that was my formative years, in which I would have was going to junior high school, high school, would, and would have gone to college. Um, it took a heroic level of, of, of strength um, to to get my ass back into school and get an education. And, um, and when I hear people um, that diminish the um, struggles and the efforts that people um, make to better themselves and to get their own lives into, into, into shape and order, it is just so disheartening. It's, it's, it's so disheartening. And you do, you see it so often on, on the left where they – you know, if if you if you make a decent living, they think you're an a-hole. Exactly, and that's I mean that's exactly what we're seeing. It's like the idea, the idea yeah. of a success is bad. The idea of success is bad, but it's okay if someone lived with their parents, you know, till forty nine, or lived with their parents till they were forty nine. That's that's absolutely heroic. It's, it's absolutely heroic. Heroic. Yeah. What, a, what, a, what an underdog story, huh? Yeah, and, and what's more, those people that worked their ass off and um, and made something of themselves and are making a good living, they're literally supporting people, you know, like John Fetterman-esque type people who, you know, spent many years uh, living in their parents' basement. Um, the, either their parents are supporting them um, the, uh, who worked their ass off to, to get where they did, where they did or – they're getting supported on the on public uh, public's time, and um, that's 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 not a good prescription for a good life. And, and why anyone would want that for others, let alone for themselves, it's just it's just bizarre. So I don't so I really it's it's really disheartening when when I hear people doing that when when I see them demeaning people that have worked hard to 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 get their house in order and and make something of themselves and contribute to society. It's, it's really disturbing. 
Now we're gonna. I want to go into. I'll keep you on because you sent me this. I like. I, thank you for sending me the story. I hadn't heard about it. Uh, speaking of wokeness, Duke volleyball players racial slur allegation receives pushback from witnesses. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I, I think you've read it too, so you have an idea what happened. But there was a volleyball game. There was a Duke. There was a volleyball game between BYU and Duke. Okay, women's volleyball match just happened last Friday, and Duke's Rachel. Uh, Rachel Richardson, the only black starter on the team named the Blue Devils, said she was heckled throughout the entire the match. Um, but I believe she had said or inferred that there were racial heckling, that it was it was racially motivated heckling. So we're we're guessing when people say that you're thinking someone is in the is in the audience is in the you know some fan is throwing n words at her, right? Well, as more investigations and by the way, that person was kicked out. As more investigations being done, they're realizing that there was no uh, evidence of a racial slur. Everyone around this person said they never heard a racial slur. Yeah, there was heckling going on, but it was no there was no racial you know, connotation. You're an athlete, and athletes get heckled, and people have the right to heckle athletes when you buy a ticket to go see a sporting event. They don't have a right to be violent. They don't have a right to yell racial epithets, but they do have a right to have you know the usual kind of heckling you get from fans of the other team. Yet they threw this person out. I believe the person was handicapped too. Is that right? Did you understand? Yeah. yeah the, the article said that he um, was either autistic or had Asperger's, um, Asperger's but was definitely um, mentally deficient in some So case. the heckling may have not even been like his fault, right? It might have just been like, it could be like Tourette's kind of a well, thing? It could, it, it, could, it could be part of his disorder. If it, if that's what you mean by not his fault. But um, Right. That's what I mean. I mean, it wasn't like he's like a was it not necessarily trying to be annoying, even though he had the right to be annoying. We don't even know if he was actually trying to be annoying. Yeah. But yeah. they threw him out saying that he was a racist, I guess, right? He was a racist. And they well, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then they looked at um, tons of video um, uh, that they have from the fan section, and they, they found no one, not him, nor anybody else, you know, yelling racial slurs. And the, uh, the the woman that uh, was accusing them, the volleyball player, said it was happening on every strike that she made, every serve that she made, which would, which would I would imagine would probably have been quite a few serves. <laughs> right. Right. So this sounds to me. Yeah, right. It says the person may have had Asperger's or could have had autism. Um, yeah. And yet they still. So this is like <laughs> this is like the battle of the woke. Right. Throw them out for being racial, even though it wasn't racial. And then you have like the, the what do you call it? The disabled rights, right? Poor, throwing this poor. So the, the woke, the, the left woke factions should go after each other here, right? You have the, you can have the disabled rights people and you can have the wokesters saying the guy's a racist. Going back yeah. They don't know, he, he, he's, uh, they don't know whether to uh, accuse him of being a racist or protect him because he's a non-ableist. Right, exactly. Yeah. But this, once again, is proof of how this wokeness has gone insane. Well, yeah, and the thing that this article really, you know, it's once again, I mean, this has happened, things like this have happened so so many times where, where um, there's this big outcry about some sort of, um, whether it's race or something else that, that the left gets really upset about. And and then it's splattered all over the media. And then when the real story comes out, and we're actually investigating, it's a big nothing. Like the uh, remember the the the, uh, 
the um, Formula One, I think it was Formula One a driver who said that there was a noose hanging in the garage. Of, right, of, and that was, it was just used to pull the garage door down. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was, it was just a rope for, for, for the garage door pull. Um, and so, so, I mean, you see the little things like that. And then you see the stuff like um, happened in Virginia where um, – there was this, you know, big to do that that ended up changing all the kinds of policies at universities across the country as far as interaction between genders. Um, and, and this woman accused a bunch of people of, of gang raping her um, at a supposed fraternity. Um, she turned all these young men's lives upside down. They turned the university upside down, and it turned out it was all, all, all one entire fabrication, a lie. That and when, and that's what this does is when something really happens, you know, yeah. people don't believe it anymore. More, so yeah. you're hurting real victims. And you're this hurt- happens over and over and over again. And the main thing that's really disturbing about it to me is that you hear you hear the salacious initial stuff, um, but you don't hear the follow-up when they figure out, oh, it wasn't so sensational. It was entirely made up. Mm-hmm. Right. You never get the you never get the uh, apology. You, you never get, get the apology. You just never get the entire story. So people right, walk around thinking story. that yeah, they, they they walk around thinking that our our society is something different than it is. That there is some rape culture when indeed there is not. And and this uh, this goes even this story goes even further. I mean, it's a very long story. It goes into voicemails and this and that. Look, the fact of the matter is, what happens is with this ultra wokeness is someone then. Like I said, these stories get overblown. They get blown out of proportion. And also, it lets someone who might want to use it for the advantage use it now and say, oh, no, it was definitely racial. I heard it. Oh, no. Yeah. It was definitely. You know, so you can just lie about it, right? And remember and you're going to get everything man. you want. You're going to get everything yeah. you want. Yeah. Remember that young man by the last name of Sandman? That, um, he, he oh, yeah. The guy with the Native American guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they accused this young kid of being a racist. Um and uh, it, they just made the entire story up. Sam and ended up suing news organizations. One huge million dollar suits. I mean, I can't remember how many it was, but it was. But I think huge. the judge overturned all of it, didn't he? Um, I don't think so. That's I have to look it up. I heard recently some crazy left wing judge overturned the whole thing. I mean, said you can't yeah. have them. You can I, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's. First of all, I think I'm not sure. I think a lot of it was was done out of court. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of it was just agreed to out of court to not go to court. I, so I don't see how a judge would be able to return that money. There's stuff, a lot of it was agreed. They didn't want to go to court because they knew they were wrong. They didn't want to go to court. I have to look up more. I would think if something is settled out of court, if you and I settle out of court, there's no judge that can get in the way. So, yeah, yeah. of know. course there's not. Of course, it's not. Once, once, yeah. a, once a civil case like that is decided or not decided, once a civil case or agreement, I should say, is entered into like that, there, there's nothing unless the uh, terms of the agreement are violated, then there's nothing there's right. nothing to undo it. In, in, in um, a court, if something goes to court and a jury awards money, we've seen judges lessen the reward that we've seen they, that they can do. Yeah. They judge can, but but it's not, it doesn't go to court. They have no they have no say in it. So but that's true. There was another instance of a guy. Yeah, the and then they did the they yeah. did the same they did the same character assassination for that um, young man that went to the uh, BLM uh, protest and um, and he was attacked and he ended up defending himself with this firearm and what was his name I can't remember anyway um, the the press just you know was calling this guy a racist they were saying that he went there to to shoot people um, oh, you, mean Kyle, were, you mean Kyle Rittenhouse. 
Yeah, Rittenhouse, yep. Um, and, and they just, they lied and they lied and they lied and they defamed this young man and they damaged his life so severely. He's about to make a lot of money too. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money too off of this. And they really damaged this young man's life and he's going to deserve that money. Um, I hope that it that money doesn't end up doing him more harm than good. That's what I, that's what I hope for this, for this fellow. But, um, but this is the way it happens so frequently in our media, where there's this initial sensational, salacious stuff, and uh, and then they don't follow through. And they don't. They there might be some correction that will appear, but it's you know it's on the it's on the, the uh, hypothet- hypothetical the apparent pathetic um, back page you know in in today's media, um, and. And so no one ever knows about it. So so everyone has this misinterpretation of what what a world is really like, um, and 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 they go about life making decisions, you know, based on this poor interpretation of what the world's really like. It's the fault of our media. Our media is, is just um, they're irresponsible. Well, look, we saw the media jump to conclusions with Iraq War. We've seen the media jump to conclusions with COVID. We've seen the media jump to conclusions with mass and vaccines. We've seen it, Daniel, we've seen this over and over again. And the, the, the common denominator is they've been wrong every time. Every single time. Have you known? Right. Exactly. They've been wrong every fucking time. And, and, you, and you left out the, the housing bubble of, of, of 2003 to 2007. And they were so grotesquely wrong on that until it blew up. They they were kept on publishing articles and articles over and over again. Housing bubble, what housing bubble? You know, and and it's happening again. We now have another housing bubble that's that's blowing up. And you barely, you, if you're listening to the mainstream media, you're not going to know a damn thing about it. If you're trying to sell a house, you might might have an idea of how bad the market is right now. But um, if you're listening to the, the mainstream media you, 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 or any media at this point, that's um, that's um, widely distributed. You, you're not you're not getting any uh, um, uh, um, idea of how bad that part of our uh, that industry is right now, and, and that part of our economy is right now. It's right. awful. It's um yeah, and so the media just it doesn't it doesn't do its job. I mean, look at the the three biggest things that that I can remember that have happened over the last twenty years have been the Iraq War, the housing bubble causing the Great Recession, and COVID. And every single one of those, the media just didn't do their job. They fell down on their job. They, well, it's they, just, they, it's, you know, it's, it's a matter of um, wanting to believe. Uh, it's, it's a, you know what it is basically? It's laziness. It's a laziness. That's what it comes down to. The media used to be journalism. You used to have people who wanted to. In, in other words, they were called investigative journalists. And what the investigative journalists always believed is don't believe the source, right? Don't believe the establishment. Don't believe the quote unquote the man. I'll say the woman now to be woke. I always do investigations and see if they're right. See if what they're saying is true. That's it. Don't ever believe the PR. And of course, that that always made for great journalism and great journalists who found the truth most of the time. Now they don't. Now they just believe whatever they're told. That's it. And a lot of it has to do with simple, simple laziness. They are lazy. They're making more money than ever. They're more popular than ever. And they're lazier than ever. Yeah, yeah. And what I don't get, Mike, is that how can anybody in yours and mine approximate age bracket trust the damn thing that the media, given that these three big stories, and, and tell me if you if you don't agree that those are like the three biggest biggest and most important events of the last 20 years, but they, they were wrong on everything, absolutely everything. So why does anybody at this point trust our so-called mainstream media? Why? Why would you trust them at all? Why would you not be 
cynical and questioning every single thing they're saying and saying, saying, show me the source, show me the independent sources and, and doing some of your own analysis. If you happen to have any expertise in whatever the area might be, why, why, why would you not be cynical to, 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 to the degree of, of, you know, acting like a scientist. I mean, a scientist should, should be naturally a cynic, and, and you don't believe anything unless you have really good proof. That's the way sci- scientists should be operating. Often they don't, most oftenly. Um, but, but at least ostensibly, that's the way scientists should be, should be behaving. That's the way every citizen should be behaving when they see anything in the media. First, this, the first question of their mouth is, should be, is this true? The first way, actually, the first thing they should believe is this isn't true. Show me that it's true. Exactly. Prove it to me. I'm from Missouri. Show me. They said all the time, right? I'm from Missouri. Show me. Whatever happened to that? The idea is you, you have to prove it's true. You say something, you need to prove it's true. I don't need to prove it's not. It's like a court of law, right? You need to prove guilt. I don't need to prove innocence. So that's it. It's the same thing. You need to prove. You're telling me, we've been through this a million times, you're telling me to shut my business down. You're telling me to not go to the gym. You're telling me to stay in my house. You're telling me to wear something on my face. You're telling me to take a medical procedure in my body. You must prove to me, the same as a court of law, beyond a reasonable doubt, that this is going to work, that this is going to help much more than it's going to hurt, that it works. Show me the facts. Show me the evidence. And they were never able to show that, just like they weren't ever able to show the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. They weren't able to show any of this stuff, any of these COVID regulations that Democrats loved mandates worked. Not one. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hope that um, sometime soon you have a um, one of the uh, a Democratic uh, a Democratic voter going in so that possibly you could ask him, um, what is the Democratic Party about right now? What are, what are the core principles? Because both you and I used to be Democrats um, a short time ago for both of us. <laughs> Um, for for almost our entire lives, mm-hmm. and uh, and and then COVID happened, and we realized that the you know we are being thrown under the bus, and our rights are being thrown under the bus. Um, I, and and Democrats they just abandoned every core principle that they had. So I just would really like a Democrat, someone that still calls themselves a Democrat, someone who still hasn't walked away, to explain to to us, um, to me at least, what. What are the what are the core principles of the Democratic Party? Right, that wait a minute, wait a minute. But there has to be a caveat without without mentioning the name Trump, without using the name Trump. Oh, they, they won't do. If they, they use they, the name they, Trump they, once, they get. They, I'll do that. I'll have a show where they can all call him. But if they use, if they say Trump once, they get they get muted. If they Trump once, they get muted. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, during when Trump was in office, um, I'll just say this one last thing and sign off. Um, they kept on calling the Republican Party the party of Trump. They turned that it's turned into the party of Trump. Well, you know what? The Democratic Party has turned into the party of Trump because Trump controls them. Trump says go left, they go right. Trump says go up, they go down. Trump says in, they go out. Trump controls them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Daniel. Right, you are. Thanks for calling. Yep. So, so I, I'm going to hang up and put my fetters on and, and go to bed. <laughs> go ahead. Get your fetters on. Thanks. And I'm going to end the show with one story. One. Uh, now, on tomorrow's show, we're going to uh, – I think we're going to – we'll talk about what Biden says. Uh, we have no other choice. We'll talk about what Biden – the big address to the nation, his big campaign speech, his big political ad, free who knows how long political ad. We'll talk about that. But talking about politics and elections – 
Democrats are they're, they're joyous. There's joyous. There's joy in Democratville. I'm seeing it on Twitter. Rob Reiner, George Takai, they're going crazy because Democrat Mary Peltola, a Native American woman in Alaska, beat Sarah Palin in this special House race in CD1. Now, she beat her by three points, 52 to 49. Now, this is not a shock. Almost every uh, you know person who does these political prognosis, these political predictions, said that Palin was going to lose and probably lose fa- fairly large. And she didn't lose large. And remember, this is Alaska. This is a congressional district in Alaska. So three points is only like 5,000 votes. So there's about a 5,000 vote difference between the Democrat and Sarah Palin. Now, Sarah Palin got 49% of the vote. Democrats think that's like a victory, that Sarah Palin in 2022 washed up. You can't call a, you can't call Sarah Palin a has-been. She's like a washed-up nobody. She's a washed-up never-been who comes back into politics all of a sudden because she needs a job. And she runs, and she got 49 friggin' percent of the vote. But Democrats, see, there's no common sense with Democrats. There's no I, now, now, common sense tells me, a personal common sense, that's a win. If she had won this, it would have been a huge defeat for Democrats. But the fact that Palin came within striking distance is a win for Republicans. It's a win. It shows Republicans are in good shape because there's no one named Sarah Palin running around the rest of the country. Okay? Sarah Palin is like, it's like she's like um, Trump light, not Trump light, Trump ultra mega light. And she almost won a lot of hatred for her in Alaska. They, people think she's from there. She's loved. She's not. They never liked her there. She quit being governor halfway through. You know, she's a loser and she's an idiot. And she almost won. OK. And who beat her? A woman who's Native American. Guaranteed you if that was a man, a white man, Sarah Palin would have won. But she's a woman running, a Native American running in Alaska. And she barely beat idiot Sarah Palin. So uh, the ma- a man would have lost. Sarah Palin would have beaten a man. Absolutely. Maybe even a woman who's not Native American. <laughs> but she's a Native American woman in Alaska running against horrible Sarah Palin. And Sarah Palin nearly got half the vote. Lost by 5,000 votes. I'm sorry. And you have Rob Reiner. You know, it's a funny little comment he made. I'll give the, you know, he's a good, he's a good uh, actor, director, writer. He said, I can see Democrats winning the house from my house. Okay, that's hilarious. Good, good zinger for you, Rob. But it's not true. It's simply not true. Not at all. I would say if it was a, if it was a, a normal Republican running, right? If it was a normal Republican running and they lost, that probably would be, pretty good news for Democrats, but it was Sarah Palin. And just like there's only one Donald Trump, there's only one Sarah Palin. So Sarah Palin's out of it now. There's no more Sarah Palin's running. There are no Sarah Palin's running on November 8th. I hate to, I hate to tell the Democrats. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So this whole idea, and George Takai, of course, who has zero, I, the guy's a nice guy. Once again, I like him as an actor. I love Star Trek. And I loved all these Star Trek movies. And I love his voice. And I loved him in the Twilight Zone episode, isn't? But he's a total Democrat liberal moron. Political these the political morons. They have no common sense, no idea of the political landscape. George Takai says, "Well, this means that uh, if Sarah Palin can lose in Alaska, if a Republican can lose in no, if a Republican can lose in Alaska, Democrats can win everywhere." Well, no, that's actually not true. 
George, because it's Sarah Palin, and Republicans have lost in Alaska. They've elected Democratic uh, governors, Democratic senators. In fact, Trump didn't even do that great in Alaska compared to some other states. So it's not true at all. There are many more Republican states than Alaska. <laughs> oh, my God. There are many more MAGA states than Alaska. Alaska is not a particular MAGA state. Trump doesn't have the pull in Alaska. He has in a lot of other places in this country. And therefore, his, his candidates won't have the pull in Alaska. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But Democrats, as usual, put two and two together and get five. Yeah, it's great news. Great news. Okay, keep believing is great news. I think that's actually pretty damn good news for Republicans. That Sarah Palin got nearly half of the vote. Oh my goodness! You can't. These Democrats make me make me laugh, and cry, and angry, and everything at once. Anyway, we're going to end the show on that. But tomorrow we will talk about talk about laugh, crying, and being mad all at once. Joe Biden's going to have his big speech, and I guess we'll try to make the show about that as much about that if possible so if you listen to it and you want to call in and talk about it and give your thoughts on what he says that'll be fine okay this has been and let's be heard my name is mike Chopoli, and remember i want you to always remember vote democrats out of office vote them out now thanks for listening and i will see you tomorrow